airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we do appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We've got a packed show today, a lot we want to talk about and, and cover. And so I think we should just probably jump right in. I'll let our listeners know, just as, uh, as a reminder, that if they miss any of the content or there's a program that they wanted to share with someone that had some links in it or there's information that they wanted to get out, um, they can always go to AFR.net mm-hmm. and get archives of the show. Or they can just get the app. They can get the AFR app right on their phone, and uh, the archives are housed there as well. Am I yeah. right about that when I say that? I feel like that's right. Yeah, I believe so. I believe you can find past shows on the app as well. Okay, so if you go to AFR.net, that's a great starting point for you. Also, you can read um, daily commentary by going to AFA.net. You can check out the stand, mm-hmm. um, and I think that you'll find content that interests you there. I want to say a special um, thank you. Like join. I just want to officially join with the nation well, at least the same part of the nation that is willing to thank the president yeah. for what happened this weekend. <laughs> like oh, yeah. yeah. There, there is still, there is a part okay. themselves to say oh, thank you for... You cut out a little bit. Go oh, ahead. did I cut out? Okay, yeah. we're having a problem with our connection today, so maybe that's a little bit of it. But I was just saying that there's still a part of the nation that just cannot find it within themselves to say thank you to the president for not only protecting the United States of America, but making the world safer. Right. I mean, I yeah. just so I want to I want to go on record saying thank you. Congratulations. And thank you to the president and U.S. Special Operation Forces uh, for doing what we expect our government to do. Mm-hmm. Defend our land, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> defend, defend our citizens. Right. And, and make the world safer, like to show strength and leadership. And this this whole idea of like leading from behind. I mean, what is that? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is like I you know, I I used to watch, um, which I actually didn't know this until I watched many years ago. You remember the dog whisperer? Yes. Caesar Milan. Mm -hmm. I think he ran into some trouble. So I I don't remember exactly. I don't remember exactly what they were. You know, how you have a bunch of headlines in your mind. Yeah. So if there's something that he did that people are like, I can't believe you mentioned him, then I'm sorry. (laughs) Let me just tell you. okay? I'm sorry. I don't remember, but it may be. So I don't know. Anyway, but when he was in his heyday, all right, when he was doing okay, right. um, I learned watching his program that the way we often see people walking dogs is actually not the way you're supposed to walk a dog. Mm-hmm. That the dog is not supposed to be out in front dragging you behind. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but you know what? People just do it because that's all they know, and so they're okay with that. <laughs> so we have a whole group of people in this country who all they knew for eight years was just sort of the dog out in front, you mm. know. <laughs> when the master's supposed to be in front, like the right. master's supposed to be like walking the dog versus having the dog walk the master. Right. Right. And so now, I mean, I think I, I mean, you know, I feel like, and I guess it's a little bit like, you know, I don't, you know, you don't want to be arrogant, but I feel like now in our country, 
we've got the master walking the dog. Like you don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, that's the way it's supposed to be. So some, good. Some, something interesting. Did you see the uh, uh, they had the pictures of like I guess it's the, called the war rooms. Yeah. Um, and one was when they were raiding Osama bin Laden's the Situation uh, Room. The Situation Room, yeah, yeah. So they were, they had the Obama administration. They had a picture of that war, uh, that Situation Room. Then they had a picture of the one um, of this one. And it, it was interesting. If you, <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, but it's interesting to see the difference. It's like, whoa, yeah. you know. And I guess some people would look at it and be like, well, you know, I I, I like how. You know, down to earth, uh, you know, Obama administration look. But the one that that with Trump and his officials, it just looked like business. It was well, like, I man, think it's just I, I prefer a show of strength myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looks, I don't I don't strong. prefer a look of like awe and wonder. Like, I mean, I guess I understand. <laughs> look, I understand that there's a moment where you're like, oh, my goodness. You know, when you consider what's and, happening. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, Whoa. Yeah. But so still. I guess it just depends on there's look, there's probably details <laughs> that we just don't know. Right. That probably paint no, both of those pictures. Exactly. But if if you're just choosing based on your ignorance, which, you know, that's, <laughs> most of us don't have access to the kind of intelligence we would need, you know what I mean? True, to really talk true. about what's happening in the situation room. So I think if you're just if you're just basing it off your, you know, your ignorance and it's it's unfortunate, you just can't know it. You can't know all of that. <laughs> um, then, yeah, I just I prefer a show of strength. I don't I don't prefer what looks like nail biting. Yeah. You know what I mean? I prefer yeah. like I prefer get them. It was an interesting side by side. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was. I read a lot of the comments. I mean, you know, social media is, you know, social media is is everything that you sometimes don't need. And so I read a lot of the comments and <laughs> and uh, and it's interesting to read some of those comments. Something else I thought was interesting was um, just the comparison um, between those two photos. Not only that, but also how this operation went down compared to SEAL Team 6 and um, being able to identify the bodies and, you know, and. 15 minutes versus like eight hours and things like that. I mean, it's just, it's something, it's kind of gruesome. We, we haven't always had access to that kind of information. Um, but at the same time, like, I'll just be honest with everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't help sometimes reading it. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I, I'm like, okay, so how do they know conclusively that it's right. like Dotty? Like, how do you know? You know? And so, right, um, right, you know, right. and there's information out there that you can read Man, if you can handle it. I don't know if you heard the statements that president Trump made after like the, Man, he I was... read the statements. <laughs> I read the statements. I look. I'm let me like, just say dude. this, okay? Look, in all transparency, and and you know, do with this what you will. I cannot automatically click on a message that's coming from our president when the kids are around me <laughs> because don't I know don't what know what he's going to say, <laughs> and so I have to. Like I have to be I, exactly. <laughs> and so what I do, like, just you know, guys, look, I'm a mom, okay. And so what I do is when the stories come up and I know that these are stories that I'm that I need to read that I'm interested in, um, I will see that there's a video attached to it Mm -hmm. and I will just I will just go by the video speed by the video and just read it Mm -hmm. because I know I know I'm good there. You know what I mean? Did you read the comments? I mean, his, I did. His I did. You, do you mean like found whimpering and dying like a dog? Like, yeah I, mean, like yeah. I mean, yeah, I read that. I mean, look, you know, this this is a, this is a this is a part of my personality that um, I'm submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, I don't have a problem with that. No, I, look, <laughs> like, is this, that, is we're that talking a, is about that, a terrorist. Problem with, no, right, exactly, no, 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 no. Right. I, I didn't have a problem with it. But OK, good. You, I'm just I'm, I I'm just uh, once again, there's a stark difference between, you know, two different administrations. I just see a lot of strength in, in yeah. President Trump. 
You know, yeah. and I don't. Yeah. I'm not okay. mad at what he said at all. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just pointing out that was a, another difference that I saw. You know, like yeah. even the words that he, he spoke with and how he said it. And it was like, look, <laughs> we here. Like you know, if you out yeah. there trying to kill people, we we looking for you. you yeah, know? I mean that's just what we need. Like yeah. I just you know, I and I'm no gonna tell you something. That. And again, again, looking ahead to 2020 and all of these questions. And you and I have talked about this. We talked about this months ago. What's going to be like? What is going to be the deciding factor in how? Um, Americans vote and then specifically because there is what is called you know Blexit black people who are leaving the Democrat party mm, and then the big it. question remember us talking about this the big question was what do you think is going to be the, the the biggest factor for how black people will vote mm-hmm. in particular um, what has been what do you attribute black men increasingly mm-hmm. supporting the president strength strength uh, yeah. black men are looking at the president and they're saying <laughs> right. You know I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, you know what like, I mean? And so I think I think more I think of this good. and I yeah, I yeah. think Americans seeing this, I think, you know, just in general Americans seeing this, but I think specifically if Democrats are looking at this and they're thinking that they're going to be able to campaign against this. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. I, I mean, mean, yeah. I, 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 how do we say it poetically? We say you're not. You're not going to be able to campaign <laughs> against this. Like right. can you just say it that way? Um, I also want to mention this in the Mm -hmm. time that we have in this segment. Here is an opportunity and a call to action. Uh, We say on a regular basis that we need to be actively involved in what is happening in our country, especially when it um, when it's something that threatens our children. And that is happening today. There is an opportunity for you to be an activist. If you are in Austin, if you're in the area around Austin, if you care anything about children, there is a special call to action uh, today, uh, Monday, October 28th. Um, And I hope that you will be a part of this. I want to tell you what is going on. The Austin Independent School District Board of Trustees plans to vote on the final approval of its new radical, hypersexualized sex education curriculum. Mm. Do you remember we were talking about comprehensive sex education curricula that's trying to make its way all across this country? Remember we spent some time talking about this and why we need to be concerned. We're now um, we're looking at Austin. Austin is fighting this battle And this is something that I don't think that Austin needs to be fighting alone, because while the curriculum um, affects the Austin Independent School District, uh, this also has an impact on our nation as a whole, Mm. because this impacts our children. And this is the kind of stuff that we have to watch for. You know, it's we should never really sit back and say, well, that's not my state or that's not my city or that's not my town. We should look at what is going on, because I'm going to tell you what's happening. You've got these you've got the public school system and you've got these local communities that have a tremendous amount of pressure on them from homosexual activists to include curricula that violates their deeply held religious beliefs. And many of them are caving in just because of the pressure. It's wow. almost like a domino effect. This school adopts this curriculum and then mm. this school thinks, well, this is what we need to be doing in order to be progressive. But let's talk about what's going on. So parents and concerned members of the Austin community are going to meet at 4 p.m., at the flagpole and they're going to rally and they're going to speak out and they're going to be standing up with one voice against this hypersexualized sex ed curriculum that threatens their kids. Mm. All of us need to care about this. Yeah. I homeschool my kids, but I care about this. Right. This is wicked. This is absolutely wicked. So the information is uh, today at 4 PM, there is a press conference and then at 7 PM, there is a board meeting And if you are in this area, if you can be a part of this, I think you have until 3 p.m. to sign up to be a part of the board meeting or to speak at the board meeting. And um, I have some numbers I'm going to give you before we get to the break. But just to kind of give you an idea of what is happening with the Austin Independent School District and the battle that parents are fighting right now. 
So this is the battle that parents are fighting right now. And by the way, they're encouraging that when you sign, when you show up today, um, make your own signs and wear red, wear red to speak out in defense and protection of your children. But this is what this curriculum wants to do. This curriculum will introduce sexual orientation, gender identity and premature sexual activity to students starting in elementary school. Wow. The curriculum forces children to question the very foundation of their being by introducing them to gender identity concepts and encouraging them to question their biological sex. This curriculum will teach kids that doctors decide a baby's sex. Mm. Guys, I want you to think about this. And I, and I hope that I, if I, in the time that I have before we go to the break, this is not new. This is not new. And this is not accidental. This is by design. This is by design. This is called cultural terrorism. And it's not a term that I have made up. This term is as old as 1917 in Bolshevik Hungary when George Lukacs engaged in what he called cultural terrorism. He would have been the equivalent of like the Department of Education secretary for us in Bolshevik Hungary. And you know what he was doing? He was indoctrinating children. He was exposing them to graphic sexual content in the hopes that they would rebel against the morality of their parents. So when you look at what is happening in Austin, when you look at what is happening in California and in Virginia, this is not accidental. This is by design. What is the aim? The aim is to rob us of our children. It is to molest their their minds on a daily basis. And so when we're sitting back and we're thinking, oh, we're making gains here, we're making we're making strides there. Mm -hmm. We must understand that we have an enemy who wars against us daily and he comes after the weakest among us. And who are they? The weakest among us. Those are our children. Those are our children. This curriculum that Austin parents are standing up against promotes and encourages sexual activity as young as sixth grade. Wow. As young as sixth grade, in some instances, examples are given where teenage girls as young as 14 enter into sexual relationships with adult men. Mm-hmm. What place does that have in a school, in a classroom with our kids? It has no place. If you want to learn more about this and you want to sign the petition, you want to be an activist, you can go to NoRadicalSexEd.com. NoRadicalSexEd.com. You can also review some of these lessons online. You can look at this curriculum online. Guys, we don't have to just stand by and lose the next generation of this country. And for some of us, lose the next generation of the church. NoRadicalSexEd.com. If you're in the Austin area, show up and speak out. We got to grab the break. We'll be right back.
Facebook able to assure us that it will support users fair and open discussions and communications related to the risk as well as the benefits of vaccinations? Uh, Congressman, thanks for the, the question. Uh, we do care deeply about giving people a voice and, and freedom of expression. Those are some of the founding values of, of the company. Uh, at the same time, we also hear consistently from our community that people want us uh, to stop the spread of misinformation. So what we do is uh, we, we try to focus on, on misinformation that has the potential to lead to uh, physical harm or imminent harm. Um, and that can include especially misleading health advice. There was a, a hoax that was going viral a number of months back that Let, let's was kind saying... Let's stick to this subject because our time is very limited. Are you 100% confident that, that vaccines pose no injury to any person on this planet? Congressman, I don't think it would be possible for anyone to be 100% confident, but my understanding of the scientific consensus is that uh, it, it is important that, that, that people get their vaccines. But it, you, you said your, your platform, you want to, uh, you believe in giving people a voice. Doesn't somebody, shouldn't somebody have the opportunity to express an opinion different from yours? I mean, over $4 billion has been paid out by the fund. Over four thousands of people. Don't you think people should be able to have information to make an, an informed choice? Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's mm -hmm. on American Family Radio. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, it's you know, I mean, it's amazing, right? It seems like a very yeah. simple question. It seems yeah. like you might expect that um, if you are just a platform, that people should be able to exchange information and right. have a discussion about their conviction about what they think. But it seems increasingly that uh, Facebook is in the hot seat for what we already know. Right. And that is that they censor information. They act as the gatekeepers of information when really they paint themselves as a public square. Well, he, but they're really he, not a public square. He's, well, he's saying that he's trying to protect people from hoaxes and things that are, I guess, what people would call fake news. Yeah, the thing about that is that they also then define what a hoax is mm. and they define what fake news is. Mm. They define what information needs to get shared. And that's the problem. That's where the conservatives... Um, that's where those who are pro parental rights, that's yeah. where those who are pro informed consent kind of get the short end of the stick here. And I want to bring our guest in on this conversation. We've got another clip that we'll play in just a second, but I want to bring our guest in because I want to talk about this. The clip that you just heard is Representative Bill Posey of Florida's 8th Congressional District. And uh, he was recently uh, interviewing, grilling, questioning Mark Zuckerberg uh, at a financial services committee hearing. And um, it's the thing that grabbed my attention about this is mostly what's in the next clip. And, and we'll get to that in just a second. I want to introduce our guests and bring them into the conversation. But basically, there is just the admission that, yeah, we decide what people need to know. Yeah. We decide what people get to learn about. I mean, this should be a problem for anyone. So joining us today to talk specifically about being censored on Facebook, especially as it pertains to vaccines and information about vaccines is Mary Jo Perry, who is the president and co-director of Mississippi Parents for Vaccine Rights um, and the vice president and co-director, uh, Lindy McGee. And we're going to talk today about uh, their own personal experience with being censored on Facebook and also talk about the work that they're trying to do and inform and equip parents 
so that they can make the right decision for them and for their children. Mary Jo, Lindy, thank you guys both for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. So, Mary Jo, I will start with you as the president of MPVR. Um, I know that you have been in this fight for a while and you're doing your best to inform parents. Parents have so many questions. I mean, these are these are our children. Right. And so we want to make the best decision for our children. And you are a part of trying to disseminate information so that parents can do that. But often you find yourself kind of like under the gun. It's like you can't do that because someone has decided that your information is misinformation. That's correct. And, you know, the sad thing about that is that the majority of information that we share comes straight off the manufacturer's package insert or what pharmacists call the prescribing information. Um, Our information comes from the CDC's website. Our information comes from peer-reviewed journal articles. And, you know, because we are merely mothers, we're considered to be, you know, they, they label us to shut us up. Um, they hand out, uh, any parent that takes a child in for, for their vaccinations, they get what's called a VIS or a vaccine information sheet. And it's, it's a kindergarten version of, you know, kind of what to watch for. But, but a lot of parents are finding that they were completely unaware that vaccines could cause their child, for instance, to have a seizure or to suddenly stop breathing. And so we believe in informed consent. And that is, that's what, you know, that, that's what we advocate for. You know, I think one of the most one of the most surprising things for me when I started to really look into um, what's in the vaccines that that we were injecting our children with on a regular basis without question. I just want to say that because so many people think that when you start talking about getting information into the hands of parents that you oppose vaccines or you're that you're a person that you say you don't want any medical treatment. And and so they kind of go to these extremes when you're talking. And I think it's important that we paint an accurate picture But one of the things that I was really surprised to learn, Lindy, is that when you ask for the actual inserts, you ask for the actual information, I describe it as getting like Bible paper. I mean, you've got this thin paper that just kind of is like a scroll that rolls out in front of you. This information that, I mean, it to me, it takes someone with some kind of medical understanding to understand. and, And you're supposed to inject that into your kid with no question. Right. And what we've discovered is that so many of our pediatricians and even nurses that are administering these vaccines have not thoroughly even looked at that package insert. It is the parents who are digging in doing the work. And without resources like like ours, like Mississippi Parents for Vaccine Rights, parents struggle to find that kind of information because it is so censored. And I, I want to give a plug to DuckDuckGo. Um, I have completely done away with my Google search and used DuckDuckGo because Mm -hmm. things are buried pages deep, just as they are on Facebook. When you go to our page, it is what, how many, Mary Jo? Um, Probably like 26 down. Um, On my son's iPhone, we can't find MPVR at all. Wow. Wow. Now, you know what I want to do? I want to play the second clip I want to play the second clip because I think that this kind of helps um, our listeners understand 
Facebook's tactics and, and why it is that you could be searching for information and you wouldn't find it. And then once we come out of this clip, I kind of want to go back into the importance of parents having the right to make choices for their children. I think in this whole discussion, there are parents on two different sides and they each hear you saying something that you're not saying. And I want to make sure that we make it clear that parents need to research and they need to ask questions about anything that's being injected into their children. And I just don't think that Facebook should be controlling that information. But I want to play this is clip two. Listen to this. Here's Mark Zuckerberg. Listen, here we go. We don't stop people from posting on their page uh, something that's wrong. Right? If someone wants to post vaccine, uh, anti-vaccination content, or if they want to join a group where people are discussing that content, uh, we don't prevent them from doing that. But what we do is we, we don't go out of our way to make sure that our group recommendation systems try to show people or encourage people to join those groups. Okay. Uh, we, we, uh, we discourage that. Okay. Well, how do you discourage it? Uh, well, there are a number of different tactics. For example, if someone is typing in uh, into the search results, uh, into the search box, something that, that might lead to anti-vax content, um, we don't recommend anti-vax searches to them. If, they, if you type in the name of a group exactly, you can, you can get the group. Uh, we're not going to hide it. We're not going to prevent you from joining it. Uh, but, but we're not going to recommend or go out of our way to, to show people content that would encourage people to join those groups. But well, people can share that content if they want. Many of the people uh, harmed by this policy are, in fact, parents with disabled children. And, and I don't think we or you should be so quick to turn our backs on them. But you know what? It's not just vaccination information that they are not going out of their way to share or to make sure that you're aware of. It's all kinds of conservative content. It's Christian content. It's conservative political content. And yes, it's vaccine information content. And this is what Facebook is doing continuously. We just have no idea because you don't know what you've been prevented from knowing. Like you don't know what you don't know. So Mary Jo, let me go back to you. You guys have kind of been suppressed and in getting information out, trying to inform parents. Um, talk about some of your experience. Well, um, as far as our, our public fan page goes, if you do a search, like you were saying, for Mississippi parents for vaccine rights, typing it in exactly as Zuckerberg is talking about in that clip, you cannot find us. I mean, as I said, on my son's phone, it doesn't even come up. If you delete the word vaccine and put in Mississippi parents for rights, it's the first thing that comes up. If you put in our hashtag MPVR, you can pull up everything of ours. You can pull up our fan page and our groups and everything. Um, you know, it, it made it hard for a little while. It seemed like for just a bit that, um, that that our posts weren't being shown. But because we've got a really good community of parents that are active, um, you know, we've been able to organically generate more traffic on our page just by encouraging them to, you know, to, to interact with our, our fan page on a daily basis. And, of course, they would have to make it a point to go to the page and interact with it because, you know, naturally Facebook is, is going to want to kind of squash um, traffic on our page and not not show them that we have posted in their notification. Um, mm -hmm. But it seemed seemed mm -hmm. like some of that we had a we had a notification that um, the name of our organization Mississippi Parents for Vaccine Rights it goes against their community standards. Mm -hmm. And also, if you go to our page, you'll see there's a disclaimer there that this page um, you know posts about vaccinations. And for accurate information, go to the CDC. 
Oh, wow. Okay, let me let me ask this. So, Lindy, when you hear um, Mark Zuckerberg say anti-vaccine information, how do you feel about that misnomer, anti-vax? I mean, do you describe yourself as an anti-vaxxer? I have two children, and they both received vaccines. As is the case for most of these parents that are looking for this information, with the exception of new parents, and, and certainly that's what they're afraid of. Um, there has been so much in so much injury, and we have been successful in planting that seed of doubt that the studies are just not there. They're just not there. We just we want safe. You know, we want we want the vaccines to be studied for safety, and they're not. So absolutely, the word anti-vaccine is used to polarize, and you know. Uh, it's just a, it's just a division. You know, I don't know. I don't know where you ladies fall on like, you know, where, where, how old you guys are. And that's OK. We don't have to say. But I will say that for myself, if I'm looking at the information that is available to us. So when I was getting vaccines, I would have gotten 24 doses of seven vaccines. Right. Um, in the time that vaccines were given out in, in 1986. Right. Kids, the average kid would have gotten 24 doses of seven vaccines in 2019. There are 72 doses of 16 vaccines. Hmm. Now, my question to you, Mary Jo, is does that demand in any way that parents know more about what is being injected into their children? I mean, that alone? Well, it it seems like it would. And it would also seem like that our laws would become more relaxed as the schedule grew instead of more restrictive. But the opposite, in fact, is true. In the 1980s, as you were talking about, not only did they have less vaccines that children were required to get or encouraged to get, there was only a 60% coverage rate. And today we're giving more vaccines than we've ever given in history. The United States gives more vaccines than any other country, including the hepatitis B on the first day of life, like within literally the first hour. Hmm. But, But our coverage rates are above 95%. And in Mississippi, our coverage rate is like 99.9%. Yet there's this huge push and there's all this media about it um, wow. to try to, honestly, to, to scare people and push them to get this 100% coverage rate. And honestly, you know, what we're watching from state to state and also around the globe is um, a worldwide aggressive push for mandatory vaccines for, from cradle to grave. Mm. That's what's you know, going I know on. That we... um, we only have a few seconds left. Let me just ask this for those who have who really want the right to conscience. For those who are pro-life, can you speak specifically just for a few seconds why this is so important to pro-lifers that we have informed consent? Linda, you want to take that? Can you go ahead? Okay. So um, what a lot of parents don't understand, and even we found physicians as well, if you look on the vaccine inserts, there are several of our, our live viral vaccines that are cultured on the cell lines of aborted babies, and that's a fact. Those cell lines um, become tumorigenic over time, and there is a limit um, on, on you know how long they can replicate without becoming tumorigenic, which means they would cause tumors. So now they're having to look at new cell lines from new newly aborted babies um one as recent as 2015 a baby girl that was aborted in china by water bag abortion 
Oh, my goodness. I got to grab this break. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Sometimes the clock just grabs us and we have no choice. We have to cut out really, really quickly. But I want to go right back into this conversation that we're having about the importance of informed consent as it pertains to vaccines, but also the admission, the recent admission that Facebook is censoring this information, that parents have a right to know what they are required to give their children in many cases. And I think that it is important for us to understand that just because you are not seeing the information doesn't mean that today to talk about it and they've agreed to stay over a little bit in this segment uh, because I just really want to make sure we get all the information in. Mary Jo Perry, who is the president and co-director of Mississippi Parents for Vaccine Rights and vice president and co-director Lindy McGee. Thank you ladies so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. Before we were going to the break, I asked a question about what it means to be pro-life and also pro-informed consent and how these two tie in when we are talking about vaccines and the rights of parents to make informed decisions. And Mary Jo, I know you were trying to squeeze everything in before we went to the break there, (laughs) but let's kind of start again, because if anyone came in on the tail end and they didn't get a lot of context, I want to make sure they understand what we're talking about. We were talking about the connection between being pro-life and pro-informed consent and how that relates to vaccines that our kids, in many cases, are required to receive. Right. Well, there, there are multiple reasons that praying parents should have the right to make this decision for their kids. But, um, but the, at the forefront is the fact that, that several of our, our live virus vaccines are cultured on the cell lines of um, babies that were aborted decades ago. And these these cell lines are replicated over and over and over again over time. And as they age, they become tumorigenic and new cell lines are are having to be developed. And that means new babies will have to be aborted. Um, You know, as a as a a Christian, that is very bothersome to me that that Christian parents are not told this and that their children are injected with these vaccines and they do not have informed consent. We've even found that talking to pediatricians that pediatricians are not even aware of it oftentimes. And until you, you pull out the actual prescribing information, that, that Bible paper type stuff that folds out, you know, is five feet long, whatever, um, and you see that it's got, you know, MRC5 and Y38, and you look up what that is, those are cell lines. Those are um, cell lines from these aborted babies. And so, you know, it's something that's, that's not broadcast out there. It's something they don't want people to know. And, and if you talk about it, you are going to be labeled anti-vaccine. And some people just don't believe it because it's just not a comfortable thing to believe. But as pro-life, you know, parents, um, the last thing that, that we want to think of is that our children have been injected with, you know, the DNA fragments of babies that were aborted for the purpose of making vaccines. I mean, I think, Lindy, it just seems so Frankenstein 
that I think that's why people cannot believe that we would be so barbaric in this country that that we would utilize the cell lines of aborted babies and then inject our children with the products of that. Like, I, I just I think that we don't expect that from those who are saying that they care about our health. But when we take a closer look, this is exactly what we find. So my question to you, ladies, I know you got to run here, but my question is, how can parents learn more? I know that there are moms and there are dads who are listening, and they've only heard bits and pieces on the conversation about vaccine and informed consent and, and learning information out there. So how, how can they trust sources? Where do they go? send people to is ICanDecide.org. Um, it's the Informed Consent Action Network, and they have put together safety white papers where it illustrates the lack of safety that's been done, and parents can decide for themselves whether they want to dig in more from there, and everything is source and cited. Um, that's a great resource right there. The package inserts are available online. You do have to dig for them, but they're there. Um, and, of course, just prayer, you know, prayer for discernment over over vaccinating. And, you know, the AAP over the past, over the past five years has put forth 100 bills to remove religious rights of, of anyone who objects to the project, to the products. So it's something p- parents really should find their grassroots organization in their state and lock arms with them because, you know, certainly this is a spiritual battle and they're coming for us hard. Mm. The pharmaceutical companies are. Well, I just want to say, and and thank you so much for joining us today, Mary Jo and Lindy. I want to say thank you so much for the hard work that you guys do in the state of Mississippi to help parents know what's going on, to help parents stay up to speed Thank you for helping us to fight for our rights to be informed and to make decisions that that's best for our children. We appreciate you, uh, Mississippi Parents for Vaccine Rights. If you're in Mississippi, I encourage you to look that information up. As you've already heard, if you enter Mississippi Parents and Vaccines, you're not going to get the information. Mm-hmm. So you probably need to find a way to go around that, um, as you heard earlier. But look, we have a right to know and we have a right to make the right decision a prayerful decision for our children. We cannot lose our right to conscience in this country. This is the discussion we are having. It's a national discussion. We cannot lose. Look, this goes back. This goes back. If I could just kind of, you know, spin off of this, this goes back even to the conversation we were having earlier, Will, about Mm -hmm. the Austin Independent School District. Yeah, yeah. If it violates our conscience that our kids are taught graphic sexual acts and taught lies about human sexuality and God's design for human sexuality, then we should not be forced to subject our children to that. That's right. I mean, I I think this is just very basic, but that's not what we're finding. What we're finding is that all across this country and many different facets what our government is trying to do, what mm-hmm. our schools are trying to do is to really erode the parental rights, yeah. to really remove religious conviction from the way we operate in the public square. And like you said, this has been something that's been in the works for a long, long time. And we're seeing this stuff manifest now, you know, uh, in our schools and our different places, you know, and this has been the plan, you know, to, to erode uh, the society in that way and to 
make grabs at our children big time. Like, and so that's what we're seeing manifesting now. You know, I tell, I tell you what we should probably do, maybe open the phone lines if people are listening and they've got a question or a comment about anything that we've talked about today. Mm -hmm. um, you can give us a call at 888-589-8840. We're not going to get to a whole lot of calls, but we'll take what we can. 888-589-8840. I was reading another article mm -hmm. and maybe some people would see this as related or unrelated to the discussion on informed consent vaccines and parental rights, but this is a, an, a study that was published, published by uh, Colorado University. Uh, this is Boulder Research, where they found that autism rates are increasing fastest among blacks and Hispanics. Mm. And, of <laughs> course, we will post a link to this, in, this study in, in the show notes here so that you can see it for yourself. But one of the things that really grabbed my attention was that the lead author of the study, a woman named Cynthia Navision, Cynthia Navision said this, and I quote, she said, I'd like to see our public health agencies acknowledge the steep increase in autism among American children over the last 40 years and explore what environmental factors might be making minority children more vulnerable. If we're going to do that, <laughs> okay, if we're going to explore what environmental factors might be making minority children, not just minority children, but all children in the United States of America vulnerable yeah. to these increased rates of autism, then I don't think there can be anything that we keep off the table. Right. I right. think it's got to be all of it. What what environmental factors? What, right. What are the factors? Like, I mean, if you're looking at from 1986, 1986, 24 doses of seven vaccines. In yeah. 2019, 72 doses of 16 vaccines, then, you know, to me and my uneducated, I'm not in the medical community, but I, I mean, I do read, yeah. you know, I read pretty, look, I read pretty good. And that, yeah, that's, and that's a dead giveaway. I mean, you got to look at that and say like, so what, what's going on? And, and I think there should be some type of uh, examination on why these certain demographics are increasing so, so much, you know, like, is it because they, uh, react differently to these vaccines like what what is the what is the deal you know and, and I, th I think that's the question that has to be asked that's right go ahead i'm sorry now i was saying this is a serious issue you know what i'm saying because a lot of times we look at certain and i just said is demographic or kids that may have have these legitimate problems because of being hurt by vaccines and we might put them in another class saying they're just bad or they just don't listen they right. can't keep how do we know it's not because of the the vaccines how do we know that you know and we are quick to lump people into like maybe a special education or a special this and this and that in these classes when we haven't examined thoroughly what we may be putting in our bodies as far as vaccines yeah i think it's something that we need to be concerned about i think it's something that as uh as lindy said it's something that we need to be prayerful about i think there are, and people feel strongly on both sides of this discussion i mean people feel strongly i'll tell you where i come to rest I come to rest that we need to be protecting the rights that we have come to expect as Americans. Yeah. I and agree. those those rights are the right to conscience, freedom of religion, that we don't have to do those things that violate our conscience. Right. If I if you know, if I say, you know, I'm not comfortable with the use of aborted fetal tissue in vaccines and I I right. elect not to use that one. Right. I don't want that one. I don't think that you have Christians, that right. I don't think that that should be our right. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we lose like the foundation of our society if we don't have that basic right to conscience. So right. anyway, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, who do we have? Let's go to Autumn in Crowley, Louisiana. Hi, Autumn. 
Hi, how you guys doing? Good, good. Hi. Okay, so I missed half your show, to be honest, but I picked up right on the vaccines mm-hmm. and I uh, was told that's pretty much what your show was about. Mm-hmm. Um, in Leviticus, it talks about not touching dead bodies and mm-hmm. that you would be unclean. Um, and back then, didn't God give us those laws also to protect our health? Like, weren't the priests kind of like a doctor in a sense? Well, I don't know if I would compare the priest to being a doctor, but I do believe that the Lord handed down laws in his wisdom and in his protection exactly. for his Water, people. Stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So if we're not supposed to even touch a dead body, and I'm pretty sure it also talks about not eating anything that was previously dead. Um, you know, you're if you're injecting dead, especially aborted fetus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well, aborted babies, like I would think that would be completely against God in all forms, not just because it is an aborted baby, aborted life, but also because it's unclean. Yeah. You know, that's an ex- that's an excellent point. Like, I don't I don't disagree with you right. on that. I think look, I think that in <laughs> there's probably a lot that is going on that we are unaware of. And the people of God need to be prayerful and discerning. Yeah, you know, exactly. I've said many, many times, Will, that when we talk about defunding Planned Parenthood, that there are basic things that we could do um, at the the localist of levels, okay, in mm-hmm. our own families mm-hmm. that defund Planned Parenthood. And so, look, I look, I, I don't disagree with you on that. I think we need to be prayerful, and I think we need to really consider what it is that we're being forced to do in this country yeah. that we just kind of maybe in some ways we've buried our head in the sand. So I, agree. I don't know. Where do we go next, Will the Great? Uh, Catherine in Oklahoma. Hi, Catherine. Hi there, Addison. Hello. Um, can you hear? Can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yay! Um, I just wanted to um, uh, let you know I mostly agree with everything here, except <laughs> I think <laughs> I think we need to um, uh, possibly consider um, not um, putting everything in one box. As far as yes, public schools have definitely uh, gone uh, uh, way overboard and taking rights of in some issues. But when it has to do with public health, um, I, I just think that's a different category and that it should not be um, um, put into the same box as that. I am a retired educator, principal elementary teacher, now professor at uh, Christian College, and I just have seen this whole thing of, of the vaccination um, um, issue going so far to one direction or mm-hmm. one side and the other direction on the other side. Mm-hmm. I just think there needs to be more research and more um, critical thinking about it. You know, I agree with you, Catherine. Yeah. I don't think that we need to be hyperbolic in our statements at all. And so what I'm trying to do here is to be fair to all of our listeners, which would include your opinion. And so what I'm suggesting is that what we need to fight to preserve in this country is the right to conscience. Yeah. And so when Amen. I say that, that allows for all of this conversation to fall into the category of our individual rights. I don't think that we need, like, I agree with you. I don't think that there needs to be scare tactics on one side or the other. We're all dying. We're all dying. Or on the other side, you know, it's all death. It's all, you know, and so I think we have to be careful. So here is what I would say as, as what I hope is a responsible commentator on these issues. Where I come to rest on this is that each individual parent 
has the responsibility to make an informed decision about the health care of their child, and I don't think that should be taken away from them by the government. That's my opinion on that. It's not to say you should do this, you shouldn't do that, you must do this, you must. What I am saying is that every American has the God-given right to conscience. Remember, our country doesn't give us our rights. Our country recognizes those rights. And we have the right to conscience to answer to God and God alone. We cannot erode that in the United States of America. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.